Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN That's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Nordall's YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. That's rather Cavalier, Cleveland Cavalier podcast. Sitting here in the building with my boy BP, two of the dynamic new duo or fearsome four, rocking out on FFSN podcast network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. BP, man, what's crack a lacking and what's going on this evening, man, as we get into this Cavs talk? Yeah, Big D, uh, good to be on with you again. Uh... Looking forward to talking about the Cavs winning that uh, Summer League championship. I thought that was pretty good last week. And, uh, you know, let's talk about more of these offseason moves for sure. Yeah, BP, BP. I'm, you know, for it to be the offseason and us to continue to just bring up the Cavs talk, man, we appreciate all those people that's listening and rocking with us. But, man, when you guys are out there listening to us, spread the word. Spread the word that we are available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Stitcher. We're available on Spotify. Because we're going to keep this Cavs content going all the way through into the regular season. We're building a channel, building a network. And don't forget to check out the other half of the other dynamic duo, the foursome foursome of That's Rather Cavaliers, the Take Boy Fresh and Relly Hall, as they bring you podcasts throughout the week. So, BP, we're going to get to our first topic this evening, man. We're talking about the rotation for the Cleveland Cavs. And first of all, before we even jump into it, congratulations for the Cavs winning the Summer League. For sure, big steps and, and positive moves for the Cavs. But we're talking about the rotation for the Cavs. BP, can Isaiah Mobley take Dean Wade's spot on the rotation? Be it that he just won the MVP of the Summer League for the Cleveland Cavs. What's your thoughts about Isaiah Mobley taking Dean Wade's spot in the rotation? Yeah, when the, you know, when the Cavs drafted Isaiah Mobley one year after they drafted his brother, Evan Mobley, I said to some friends here that I thought, you know, on paper, Isaiah Mobley could have been like the backup center for the Cavs. Yeah. I, you know, he played like a center at USC in college. But after seeing him last year in the summer league, he just looked kind of frail. And he, he really, he's not as tall as his brother. He's not seven foot tall. He's more like 6'10". So then now I think he's slotted more into like a, you know, one of those like a small, like a shoot, um, a power forward you know, like a yeah. stretch four. Mm-hmm. And I think he's improved a lot. He improved last year on the Cleveland charge in the G league. You know, he's, he can shoot, he can defend. He's a very good passer. So I thought he was the MVP. I said last week before the championship game, he was my MVP of the Cavs summer league team. And then, you know, he proved that again in the championship game. 
So I think I think he's going to fight like hell to make that Cavs final roster with the you know with the big team, and I think he's going to give Dean Wade a fight in training camp for like that you know the first guy the first power forward off the bench for mm-hmm. you know the Cavs uh, regular season uh, roster. What do you think? Oh, I agree. I agree. I think I think that that the issue in the maturation of Isaiah Mobley is that we're actually seeing this guy become an NBA player in front of our face, not just a, a guy who takes up space at the end of the bench or a guy that just couldn't be in a, a, in a position to help the Cavs. I think realistically, off the bench, he could probably average anywhere between 8 to 10 points a game, probably give us 5 to 6 rebounds, and give us a good 15 to 20-minute run, which the Cavs need because we saw in the playoffs the issue was they got tired in the front court, man. The front court was tearing us up for the New York Knicks, and that's what we need depth in. So I think he's definitely improved his position for the Cavs and I, I look for him to take Dean Wade's position or Dean Wade's spot, at least in the rotation. Maybe and maybe early on, as early as training camp, DP. That's yeah. what I'm thinking for sure, for sure. I mean, to be honest, you know, it'll all it'll all have to play out in training camp because you know, you, whatever you see in summer league, it's almost like a little bit of a mirage. Mm-hmm. Because I've always said, and I said this on our podcast, if you're good, an NBA player, you'll score 20 points a game in the summer league. If you're a high draft pick, you know, if you're Correct. a top 25 NBA draft pick in the first round, you're going to you know show out pretty good in the summer league. And that's what we saw this past summer league. You know, guys that were high picks scored 18, 20 a game. Even Amani Bates proved his worth. Mm-hmm. So, but the bottom line is, you know, let's see how Mobley does, Isaiah Mobley, that is, you know, in training camp when he's battling out with, uh, you know, with Dean Wade, when he's, you know, also fighting with George Niang. You know, Niang that we signed, he's going to be slotted in as like a backup power forward. You know, he plays small forward and also power forward, but he can go either way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of interchangeable parts. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm still not – I don't love, like, Isaiah Mobley's size. Like, he's not a beefy guy. You know, he's not like mm-hmm. a Charles Oakley. He's not a rugged rebounder. We still mm-hmm. need that. You know, we got to find a power forward that can rebound to kind of fill up the slack for what Kevin Love was doing. You can't just put it all on the new guy they brought in, Damian Jones, who really is more like a backup center. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So definitely, I, I I do look for him to give to give us some backup and some needed backup at that four or five position for sure. Hey, so BP, we're gonna switch it up. We're gonna talk a little bit about the three man rotation or three guys that we can believe or think is gonna make the Cavs roster in the rotation this year. If not directly on the roster, definitely in the G League and up back and forth and up and down for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those three guys are Imani Bates. Sam Merrill, and Craig Porter. How many of these guys do you actually believe will make the roster this year for the Cavs? And do you think any of them will have a significant role for Cleveland moving forward? Well, you know, you mentioned Sam Merrill and Imani Bates, and then we already talked about Isaiah Mobley. They were the three top scorers for the Cavs in the Summer League, so they pretty much led us to the Summer League championship. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might say, ah, big deal, that Summer League. You're playing against a bunch of G League players and rookies. But to me, when you win a championship, that always takes, you know, it's hard. You know, you got to overcome injuries. And, you know, some of the guys like Sharif Cooper missed the rest of summer league with uh, an injury. The starting center, uh, Diop, was sent back to Spain. So, you know, they overcame losing two of their five starters and they still won the summer league. So I think they accomplished a lot. But they couldn't have done it without Sam Merrill, who was their leading scorer. He averaged 20.4 a game. Mobley averaged 17.8 a game, and Imani Bates averaged 17.2 a game. I was extremely impressed with 
Sam Merrill as a shooter. If the Cavs hadn't brought on, you know, Max Struess, if they hadn't brought on George Ng, I think there'd be a pretty solid role for Sam Merrill on this team. Also, mm. they got rid of Jetty Osmond, who was a shooter allegedly off the bench. Mm. I don't know if Sam Merrill's going to be able to find time on this Cavs team. I just don't see it. With, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and, uh, you know, Ricky Rubio and Tyre Jerome. You know, there's a lot of guys here. Mm. Actually, in my opinion, I mentioned this on Cleveland Radio this weekend, that I think the Cavs are looking at almost trading Sam Merrill. Get a couple of second-round picks for him. Because I just don't think there'll be playing time for him on the big team with the Cavs. Now, and I don't think he wants to just, you know, wither away down there at the, with the Cleveland charge. What do you so think of let that? Me, let me ask you this question about Sam Merrill versus trading Merrill. Wouldn't you look at maybe trading Ricky Rubio? Because I think the Cavs are going to go young. And I think with Merrill and with the pickup Tyrone Jerome, there's a lot of teams in the NBA that don't have a legitimate backup point guard. And Ricky Rubio, even though he's been playing with injury, I think we could get more for Rubio in a trade versus Merrill. Your thoughts about that, man? Well, the thing is, unfortunately, you know, Ricky Rubio, the NBA knows that he had a bad year last year coming back from the knee surgery. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are white. You know, he's going to be playing, I believe, you know, in the European, these uh, Olymp the FIBA tournament, the Olympics coming up here this summer, yes. like in August. Yeah. Well, let, well, I think the Cavs are going to monitor how he does. That's going to be a sort of a precursor how he's going to do this season. If he mm -hmm. comes back and looks like the Ricky Rubio from a couple of years ago, they'll hang on to him because he's mm -hmm. making six million a year. Yeah. If, you know, they got some questions about him, if he doesn't look that great, then maybe they'll look to move him. But he can be a valuable piece. You know, he's a savvy veteran, kind of like a Rajon Rondo. You know, he's a glue guy. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need to shoot that much. He's a pass-first guy. He helped. He was good with Kevin Love. He was good with Jetty Osmond. You know, he, he had good rapport. And, he, you know, he can be good in a three-guard offense. You know, he yeah. can feed the ball to Jared Allen on alley-oops and also to Mobley, uh, Evan Mobley. So, I mean, you know, I, I still think the Cavs want to see what they got with Ricky Rubio. Plus, he's a good veteran guy. You know, he's, he also played with Donovan Mitchell. A lot of people yeah, don't Utah. He, yeah, played, Utah. Yeah. he played out there in Utah with Donovan Mitchell, and he also played out there with George Niang. So he mm -hmm. probably would be good for George Niang's game as well, getting him the ball in those corners for those, you know, open threes. So, I mean, it's it's an op – the Cavs have some options here. They could also look into trading Dean Wade. But these guys aren't that hot of commodities. They're kind of a little bit of coming off bad seasons. Yeah. You know, Ricky Rubio and Dean Wade. So Sam Merrill did come off – you know, he looked really good in summer league. So, you know, I think he could command something. I'm not saying he's not going to get you a first-round pick, but he could get you one or two second-round picks, and he could alleviate that log jam at the shooting guard, which, you know, now all of a sudden the Cavs have, a you know, a, like an, an abundance of shooting as opposed to last yeah. year, they had no shooting. Right, right. And th that speaks volumes to the transition about Iman Imani Bates and Craig Porter. I think Imani Bates shot 64% from three-point line in the, in the summer league for the Cavs, and Craig Porter proved that he's definitely a shooter. So with these two guys, and now you got all this abundant shooting, does Imani Bates and Craig Porter make the team and have a pivotal, not a pivotal role, but a role as a serviceable backup to help the Cavs moving forward? I mean, I, before the Cavs draft took place, I had Imani Bates on my list. If the Cavs stayed at pick number 49, I liked him. And I also liked this Chris Livingston out of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So both those guys were drafted very, you know, and so I was very happy with the Imani Bates pick. I think he's got a ton of upside. Before the draft, I compared him to Brandon Ingram, and I still see yeah. that comparison. You know, a yeah. six foot nine, talented, string bean kind of guy, but that, a guy that knows how to, you know, like fill up the stat sheet. He can get you buckets. 
He can get you assists, rebounds. I like the way he plays. You know, he does the the dunks. Mm-hmm. He's not. I actually, Amani Bates to me wasn't as. I don't think he's outrageously athletic as we as I thought he would be. You know, he's more mm-hmm. of a. He's not a high flyer. His vertical leap is only 32 inches, or yeah. some guys measure it about 36 inches. And yeah. his, believe it or not, his wingspan is not outrageous either. Like Donovan Mitchell has a bigger wingspan than Amani Bates, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Amani Bates does not have a long wingspan, which the NBA general managers they look at that a lot now. Like how, you know, a guy's reach, his wingspan, just like like uh, Victor Wembanyama has an eight foot wingspan, or, or even taller, eight foot two, or something crazy. Right. But you know, I, I like Amani Bates. I think it was a great pick. I think I think the Cavs are probably going to bring him along slowly. You know, maybe he'll mm-hmm. start the season. In the mm-hmm. G League, but you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll just be too good where they just can't keep him down on the farm. Yeah, you know, they got to bring him onto the, the big league roster. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I mean, you know, maybe that's why they haven't been that aggressive in, in signing like a traditional uh, three, you know, a three man like a Kelly Oubre or PJ Washington or Christian Wood. Maybe that's why the Cavs have been a little bit slow on that one, where they maybe they got big plans for Imani Bates. Yeah, I, I agree, man, because you know. The thing is, younger is better. But when these guys have shown through a summer league, even though, like I said, the competition is not in all the way top, top NBA caliber, caliber, they've shown that they can play. So the issue is, okay, let's develop the young guys and get them ready for the rotation of the grind. Because you know as well as I do, BP, you got to have bodies for the league that can go in and score. If you can't score, you can't win in this, this NBA. So I think all three of the guys we're talking about, Porter, Merrill and uh, Imani Bates have the ability to put the ball in the basket. And really, at the end of the day, all those stats and all that other stuff don't matter. It's can you put the ball in the basket and can you defend? And that's why I like all three of those guys probably making the Cavs initial roster for this beginning of the NBA season. Hey, so look, we're going to hit one more topic before we go to commercial. Kendrick Perkins said on NBA TV on ESPN that the Cavs' goal should be at least the Eastern Conference Finals. Buying it or selling it? What well, Kendrick Perkins is speaking about the Cavs. Because I love the Cavs just like you do. But what is the expectation? Is he right or wrong? Talk to me, BP. What are we talking about with Kendrick Perkins? You know, Kendrick Perkins, I, I do, I really give this guy credit because, you know, a couple of years ago, he was on the Cavs, I think one of the Cavs NBA Finals teams, I think the 2015 team. I don't think he was on the 2016 winners. But I, I always just thought, oh, this guy's just a, like a thug or a, you know, or like a, you know, tough guy. But he really, I love his takes. His takes, yeah. I usually agree with about 90% of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really entertaining. So yeah. thank God ESPN didn't get rid of him. They got rid of everybody else. Yeah. But yeah, he really is good. And, you know, the fact that he played with LeBron, he's, he, he respects LeBron a lot. He always gives LeBron a ton of credit. He always mm-hmm. gives Lakers, you know, sort of like, you know, a, a chance you know fighting chance in all these series so i actually agree with kendrick perkins i think the Cavs' goal should be like make the nba finals with this team you know because you know what you got you got donovan mitchell you got darius garland jared allen evan moley but then you you flesh this out with some legitimate nba shooters and you're paying them you're putting your money where your mouth is you're paying these guys some serious jack Mm -hmm. in fact i've said i think they overpaid for max Struess and they overpaid for george niang well they Mm -hmm. did because they want to win you know, they, yeah. you know what I mean? They, nobody, you know, Cleveland isn't the first choice when you're an NBA free agent. Nobody, yeah. you know, same thing with Indiana and Sacramento and Oklahoma City. You know, everybody wants to go, 
where it's yeah. nice and warm and you got palm trees and you know south beach and all that but so the Cavs overpaid for max Struess. they overpaid for george yang but you know you know i've watched some of these nba finals replays they've had on nba tv and uh, max Struess can hit that open three you know all day and night yes yeah sir. so you know again he's not my ideal starting uh small forward but you know this guy can play you know maybe he eventually he comes off the bench or something and then you know he gives you 13 points a game off the bench or 12 but with real solid shooting and you know something you can count on the Cavs could not count on their bench against the Knicks that that was the bottom line they did not trust their bench yeah and now they Great. can trust their bench with veterans guys that are high pay, highly paid they're going to be here for two three and four years you know so they're going to be here a while where you know Jetty Osmond was like on a one-year contract and he was erratic yeah so I think the Cavs are missing like you know maybe one more piece maybe you know two more pieces to really be a championship contender but I think Kendrick Perkins is right this team should shoot for the Eastern Conference Finals especially if Philly loses James Harden you know stuff like that if Miami doesn't get Dame Lillard if you think yeah. about that and we've talked about those trades already you know in previous yeah. shows yeah. If James Harden goes to the LA Clippers, if Dame Lillard stays with Portland, well, that weakens Miami and then it weakens the Sixers. Then, you know, the Cavs could be the third seed in the conference. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, BP. Good, good thoughts. Good information for sure. For those that are watching us on YouTube, we're going to take a quick ad break. And those that's listening on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, we'll be right back with That's Rather Cavalier, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast on Fans First Sports Network. And we're back with That's Rather Cavalier, Cleveland Cavalier podcast on Fans First Sports Network, rocking out on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Heart Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Sitting here with two of the fabulous four we call the Dynamic Duo, VP. We're going to get to the second set of questions, man. Question about Kobe Altman. He's our guy. He's shown that he can do a few things. But the question is, does Kobe Altman deserve credit? Considering the Cavs two years ago only had 22 wins, but now he's loaded up what's considered a varsity team with the first 15, looking at the Summer League, looking at the G League. Does he deserve more credit than what we're giving him, BP? Or are we right where we're supposed to be considering what Kobe Altman has done for the Cavs? I mean, uh, Kobe Altman has done a good job for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, you, every general manager, you're not going to get every decision right. You know, it's just like everything else. Just like a coach isn't going to get every, you know, decision right during a game. Or every player doesn't make every shot. So, you know, this is sports. There's comp there's competition across the way from you. You know, you can even go back to when Kobe Altman made the deal for Kyrie Irving. You know, back you know when, he, when Kyrie Irving forced to trade out of here. I didn't love that trade at all. I, I didn't like trading with the Celtics, you know, one of our rivals, sending Kyrie Irving. I proposed back then that the Cavs trade Kyrie Irving to the Phoenix Suns. Like, you, you always want to send a guy out of the conference, especially, you know, a Hall of Famer like Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So I wanted to trade Kyrie Irving to Phoenix, but, you know, Kobe Altman did what he did. But then he also turned around and made some trades where he got Jordan Clarkson in here, Larry Nance Jr., yeah. uh, Jay Crowder. You know, so the guy, you got to admit, the guy is not lazy. He's always working the phones. You got to give a guy credit for that. 
he wants to win. You know, he's not just complacent. He's not some 70 year old guy smoking a cigar with, with his feet up on the desk. He is pounding the pavement, looking for players and ways to get us over the top. Believe me, they want to win. The Cavs want to win without LeBron James. Dan Gilbert wants to win without LeBron James. You know, that's, you know, I think they want to show that they can do this without LeBron taking them to the finish line. So, you know, I, you know, Kobe Altman, he engineered the, um, you know, the Lori Markkinen deal. Lori Markkinen a couple years ago was unsigned by the Bulls. You know, he swung a deal where he did a sign and trade with Larry Nance Jr. for Lori Markkinen. And now Lori Markkinen, you know, they turned that into Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Lori Markkinen is now, uh, you know, an NBA all-star player, put up 25 points a game. When, you know, Cole Beltman was the one who took a chance on him and, you know, signed him to a pretty modest deal. So, Absolutely. You know, then you got, you know, Kobe Altman, when everybody thought Donovan Mitchell was going to the Knicks, Kobe Altman swoops in and steals Donovan Mitchell from the Knicks and from the Miami Heat. Yeah. You see a, you know, you see a, a trend here of some really great moves. The, the Cavs got involved with the James Harden trade, and then the Cavs got Jared Allen, you know, from Brooklyn yeah. for nothing, yeah. for like, uh, you know, some, like a, a low draft pick. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, that was a great move. You know, Jared Allen, say what you want, but the guy's an all-star. He puts up, you know, 15 and 11, you know, every night. That's pretty damn good. Correct. Well, Correct. These, these are some of the moves uh, Kobe Altman has made. I think he deserves credit. There's also been some stinkers. They brought in that coach, the college coach, John Beeline from yeah, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. And that was a disaster. Yeah. So, in fact, I joked on Cleveland radio. I was on with the guys a couple years ago when they signed John Beeline. They said, hey, BP, what do you think of the signing of John Beeline? I said, put it this way. I'm not going to make a beeline to the Cavs ticket office. <laughs> right. And that, right. I love that. That was a you know good pun because it was true. John Beeline was a 70-year-old college coach for University of Michigan. I knew it wasn't going to work out. Not with these yeah. young, you know, and young rebuilding Cavs team. Yeah. But... Overall, you know, Kobe Altman's, you know, hits have been better than his misses. So he has done, like you said, he has done a very good job. And even the way he, you know, he's brought in these shooters this offseason, we didn't have a lot of salary cap room. Yeah. We kind of engineered some creative uh, sign and trades to get Max Struess in here and then George Niang and the other guys. Yeah, for sure. I, I love what Kobe Altman has done over his last two years. Like you said, he hasn't been perfect, but what he's done is he's made our franchise more athletic. He's made us better shooters for sure. And he's brought in for franchise caliber players, be it even free agency and or the draft. Because, I mean, who swings the deal to get Donovan Mitchell at Cleveland? Like you said, we're not a destination point. And him having a vision to look and look at Darius Garland and look at Mobley and saying these guys could potentially be all-stars here in the future. I think he's definitely putting the Cavs in position to build us up and get us in a good spot and possibly even contend for the Eastern Conference Finals this year, for sure, for sure. So great thoughts, BP, on that, that issue. Hey, so we're going to talk about the final two roster spots available on the Cavs. We saw the Summer League. We talked about it already, about some of the guys. But do the Cavs swing the fences and go after a guy like maybe Christian Wood, maybe Kelly O'Brien Jr., or maybe P.J. Washington? Your thoughts on the Cavs maybe bringing in one or two other pieces to go along with the current roster, or do we stay put? What's your thinking, BP? Yeah, I mean, I've read that the Cavs have $3.6 million left of money to sign a player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously Christian Wood, Kelly Uber Jr., and P.J. Washington, you know, they, they, they should get more money than that, but they may mm -hmm. want to take, a, like, a haircut, like a one-year, 
prove it deal to play with this group of Cavaliers. I mean, remember, uh, you know, Kelly Oubre Jr. has done very little in the playoffs. I don't think PJ Washington's ever been in the playoffs. And, you know, Christian Woods kind of got a bad reputation as, uh, you know, not the greatest uh, teammate. Mm-hmm. Well, those guys all have something to prove. That's why they're still available. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland is that good of a team where, you know, kind of like when we had LeBron here, where guys would take a short deal, you know, like Kyle Korver would take less money and Channing Fry would take, you know, you get a really good veteran that you know, just, he wants to be along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be on national TV a lot. You know, I would believe, you know, probably one of the top teams on national TV up there with the Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, all that kind of jazz, the, the Nuggets, you know, the Lakers. I think we'll be on a good amount on national TV games. So I, ideally out of those three guys, I actually would like to see Christian Wood come on board because he can be yeah. your Kevin Love type of player where I know what I'm going to get from Christian Wood. I don't know what I'm going to get from Dean Wade or, uh, you know, Isaiah Mobley. They're more of a wild card, but Christian Wood will give you – He's not going to get 16 and 10 like he averaged, you know, as a starter, but he can give you, again, 12 points and six rebounds off the bench. Yeah. And, you know, start sure. all, he, he can, you know, Mobley, he can give Mobley a rest. He can play center. He could even start, if they want to go back to that big, you know, starting lineup, he could play that Laurie Martin role of the starting, like a small forward at 6'10". Yeah. You know, then you could bring a guy like Amani Bates along slowly. He could kind of learn under Christian Wood, you know. Because you know, that could be, you know, Monty Bates could be that type of a player as well. He's not as tall. Monty Bates, in my opinion, is about 6'9". You know, yeah. he, he's not as tall. Originally, they were calling him 6'10". I don't think he's 6'10". Mm. But, you know, out of those three guys, and I could see Christian Wood taking a short deal like that because, you know, he wants to, these guys want to be on a winning team. I think they want to play in the spotlight and the limelight. They know the Cavs are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they're going to get a lot of easy looks. There's so much attention on Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Like a guy like Christian Wood, I think we do very well playing Mm -hmm. alongside Mobley and Jared Allen. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. I think think the Cavs might look at maybe just adding one final piece before we go all the way in or all in for the camp. You know, and I would love to sign a guy like Christian Wood to bring him into us and to our team and put him in that rotation. Because the thing is, in the NBA now, you, you have to have shooting and athleticism. You have to be a 3 and D type guy. And Christian Wood has been serviceable as a big maybe 3 and D. So I like his fit and like going with maybe that big lineup for a little while. Where, you know, we play against teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves. We play against teams like the Boston Celtics. Bringing this guy in and setting him in at that three position. Say, okay, we're going to beat you up on the boards and still have spacing and shooting that allows Mitchell and Garland to do what they do. So I do like the sign. Oubre, same difference. Kelly Oubre is about 6'7", 6'8", swing forward, super athletic, good player. P.J. Washington, he's a streaky shooter. So either either one of those guys fits with our roster moving forward. So I would love to see the Cavs make a move before before we get all the way into the season, for sure, for sure. I'll even say something bold. If the Cavs sign one of those three players that we just talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, either – Kelly Oubre Jr. or Christian Wood or PJ Washington, I predict they will be the third seed in the MB, in the MB, in the Eastern Conference. That's my prediction. That's how high I would be on that because that's what the Cavs are missing from this offseason. They they didn't quite get it all done this offseason. In yeah. my opinion, I still like Max Struess if he could come off the bench. You know, mm. then you got then you got a you know high octane bench that you can count on. That mm. bench can take you a long way. 
But yeah. you know, I'd rather have a guy like P.J. Washington starting for me in small forward or Christian Wood or Kelly Oubre Jr. I just think they're, you know, more conditioned, you know, more seasoned veterans to start. Again, like you said, the Cavs are going to be playing against guys like Jason Tatum, who's six foot ten, six foot eight. Bobby yeah. Portis, you know, the Greek yeah. freak, you know, yeah. Chris Middleton. All these guys are six foot eight and taller. Those are yeah. starting small forwards. You, you know, you got, if you're going to start Max Struess at six foot five, that's going to be a disadvantage for the Cavs, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Agree. Agree, BP, for sure. All right, BP, final thoughts as we take this Cavs podcast home on FFSN for that rather Cavaliers. BP, your final thoughts this evening, man. No, I thought we had a good discussion, you know, considering we're, you know, some, everything's over now, Summer League and the NBA Finals, and, you know, we're here in the, you know, the dog days of summer. But, uh, you know, I I really do like what the Cavs have done. And if, to me, though, if they could get one of those three players we just talked about, I think that would push us over the edge where we would be a serious competitor in the NBA Eastern Conference if we can get one of those three guys to add to this team that's already, you know, pretty well stacked, in my opinion. So I would love to see the Cavs. And if the Cavs don't jump on one of those guys, somebody else is going to get them. The Dallas Mavericks already rumored be very interested in Kelly Oubre Jr. and, and uh, you know, P.J. Washington. Christian Wood could go to the Lakers. You know, so these guys, there's already rumors out there that these guys are already being, you know, uh, you know, sort of other teams are kicking the tires on these three veteran players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's not wait, Cavs, for sure, because I think we're headed in the right direction. And BP, that's not such a hot take. Top three seed in the East. I'm agreeing with you and Perkins. We got to look high. It's not time to look low. It's time to win in Cleveland. Hey, so Big G's final thoughts is this. Thank you again for all of our listeners out there in virtual world on That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Thank you for rocking out and listening to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And for those that rock with us, check us out on the Know It All's channel on YouTube when we bring the visual of what's going on with our podcast. As for me, Big G, my boy Big P, BP, my boy Tate Boy Fresh, and my boy Relly Hall. For that's rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast on FFSN. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs.